0: To you from downtown San Luis Obispo, California, from Dr. Kane's comics and games and my brand new laptop and my trusty handy dandy digital recorder. I am Haley Crusher Kane, and you are listening to Sparkle and Destroy, a podcast for action transvestites who make noisy, vibrant art or in this case, a weird brand of historical comedy that enchants and enlightens. I have been a fan of Eddie Izzard since I was a little kid and saw him on Comedy Central wearing a dress talking about squirrels and history and all sorts of crazy shit. For podcast 19, I interviewed the insanely accomplished comedian, writer, actor, and generally inspiring human being who since this conversation has toured the world performing his comedy in numerous languages amazing and tackled 27 marathons in 27 days and lived to tell the tale about it um he won't be talking about this stuff though uh because i interviewed him back in 2015 for a local newspaper article i was doing as he was coming through town and needed coverage i recorded this conversation on my phone in my car (laughs) um with my handy dandy trusty digital recorder um butted up against the cell phone speaker. So the sound is not ideal, but I think that the conversation is pretty charming. Um, I think when I look back at this, the, the thing that strikes me the most is just how innocent we were back in 2015, way, way, way back before everything went to complete and utter hell. Now I invite you to go way, way back with me and the amazing Eddie Izzard. I hope you enjoy this one. It's good for a laugh and maybe a little bit of uh, head scratching. Enjoy! Um, I'm 30 and I know a lot of people my age would say that you taught us more about world history than our schools did. <laughs> and um, I was wondering what has fueled this passion for history throughout so many decades and you continue to be such a voracious um, historian.
1: Well, it's more practical than anything. Um, I noticed, uh, so at school I didn't like history because they said write essays, but I did like the state and the stuff that had happened. I liked that sort of on a gut. My brother was very good at history. My dad was really interested history, so there was some sort of history genetic going down and stuff. Then got into stand-up, and I was a white male stand-up, middle-class stand-up as well, um, white, I was being transgender, but I hadn't told anyone this, so that wasn't making any difference. Um, and I just suddenly realised history was something I could do. Uh, later on, I, I didn't even check me that you know, Monty Python had done this as well. Uh, but it was just sitting there as, hey, no one's doing change in society mm-hmm. multiplied by the change in technology equals the future. So you can, all, you can learn to read human failing and, and strength through the repeats of humanity in history. Um, so it was useful for mm-hmm. me. It was useful for me politically on a human level. Just, I, I found it fascinating. But obviously back in Stone Age times so what we had the same brain. Uh, in the Mesolithic, definitely in the Neolithic times, you know, 5,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, we probably had the same rain And we were going, hey, this is shit. Someone would have been saying, come on, guys. This, Africa's great, great for some time. But let's get out of here, cause it's got too hot. So we are got to go, we can either go by Aden, which is going to be Eddie in that hometown, or we can go on through Egypt. Apparently, everyone went through, uh, through Yemen. <laughs> that a big uh, bridge that, historically, they, People on either side of the, of the uh, Djibouti and in Yemen, uh, Somalia, and the Yemen. It's very, very close, um, and not so much at the, the top through Egypt and Sinai. But uh, so I just was looking at all these patterns of things that, that have happened over the centuries, because we have one life that we know of. No one's proved that we have anything more. So I just thought, let's try and make you know, let's have a look at this stuff, see, see what you can find out.
0: Well, it, is, uh, I, I, we thank you for that. I mean, it's a very um, deep sort of um, noble thing to do. And I mean, I know that sounds pretty silly, but the way that you make it come alive, I think, has just continued to, um, you know, really just enchant people and to make sure that those those um, historical blunders don't keep coming up. You know, I think that's a great thing that you're, you're kind of doing through the comedy. <laughs>
1: I think it's not what I'm doing. I do think it's useful. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it, it it it's practical. It's uh, uh, intriguing, just from a you know human beings go, oh, that's what we did before. Hey, we did that before again. Um, you know, the fact that if you go back from ancient warlords, ancient kings, the fact that we got into democracy through the Greeks and into the Romans, they had 500 years of Roman democracy, 500 years of democracy, and then they went back into kings. Right. Now that's interesting because if you think about, if you think about democracy, if if we got it going, if the British Parliament was supposed to be the mother of all Parliament, uh, you'd say that somewhere around 1600, if you say, gone well, 16 to 17 to 18 to 19, we've only done 400 now. That means that they had longer the democracy that they had that the Romans are doing. They had longer more of that. Than we've had in the modern era of democracy.
0: Thank you for uh, blowing my mind. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's amazing. Um, I do want to speak speak with you about politics as well, but I had to mention, um, I was listening to an interview you did with Simon, uh, or Simon um, Amstel in 2009, where you actually predicted Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger's return to the Terminator franchise. You joked about how he might go yeah. back and... <laughs> I just thought that was so hilarious that you had sort of predicted that. Um, but you, you you also mentioned kind well, of walking this line. Obvious, yeah. Really.
1: I don't think it was that clever a prediction. <laughs> I think anyone could have predicted it, really. But uh, <laughs> he did do it. And, you know, why not? You know, um, I predict that uh, it might happen to uh, Glenda Jackson, who's, I think, twice Oscar winning Glenda Jackson, who's now no longer a member of parliament. Mm-hmm. If someone gives her the, a decent role in something, she might come back.
0: Well, how do you walk the line between showbiz and politics? I know that that's been something that's you know you've thought about quite a bit.
1: Um, I don't have much of a problem because when you say walk the line, I mean, there's there's, there's a the scheduling that 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 is the problem of it. But uh, everything I've done dramatically or comedically or said comedically, I think you're probably have one, has linked in with my political views. So. Rest uh, is just scheduling, and if you are going to stand, which most people don't, they will be activists at the most. But uh, I'm doing what what Senator Al Franken has done, and uh, I'm, I'm attempting to do that. And so, uh, yeah, that's it. Must I'm be, going as yeah. Far as far.
0: It must be quite fulfilling, though, to to really put your your money where your mouth is, and to have that sort of um, venue to to speak on issues that you care about. I, I imagine that's a really fulfilling thing to be doing at this time.
1: Uh, yeah, I it, it, once I get there, hopefully it will, it's um it, it's tough because you get a lot of hatred for doing it. Uh, so you have to deal with the hatred. There's less hatred in there's more indifference in that in uh, create in the creative medium. So if you don't do something any good, no one everyone just ignores it. But you will be ignored if you fail in in the creative medium. But you will be um attacked if you fail in, in the political medium. That's the
0: do you find, I mean, do you follow American politics, you know, as much as you do British politics? And can you kind of talk about any nuances or, or you know, differences that you found that are, are interesting? I, I haven't, I'm not super educated on on um, European politics, so I was kind of researching you and some of the things you had been doing and I kind of felt a little bit out of my depth.
1: <laughs> um, I, I follow American politics quite like- Closely, not as closely as, as British, uh, but yes, uh, so uh, you have, uh, what I've noticed going around the world is that the extremists in one country match up with the extremists in another country. Bizarre that they, all the extremists hate each other from different countries, because their whole thing is they're nationalists, and they hate other nationalists, because um, they hate other countries. <laughs> <laughs> People who I believe are way off-kilter in your Tea Party, right. those ideas I, I think are totally wrong, they could uh, happily hang out in the Hating Brigade, with the you know, UK Independence Party, or the Pro nationale or the Freedom Party of Holland. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's, I suppose that's good. So the, I think the, the switched on intelligent people, there's as many of them in every country, um, as, as the uh, as, as you have in one country, so all the switched-on people. If you look at the percentage-wise, the switched-on people in America, we have as many of those switched-on people percentage-wise in Britain and in France and in Russia. I think it's equally handed out. That's my feeling on the world. that if you if you get a government that's in that is suppressing people, then you won't be able to see the switched-on people, but they're there.
0: So why did it cut off at the end? Why was that the ominous ending of the interview? You know, I don't know. I think there was more to the interview, but I cut it off at that point and then kept recording afterwards. And um, I just find it very ominous that that is where it ended, uh, talking about democracy and about uh, switched on people and about uh, social awareness. So. I hope that you get something out of this uh, three years after recording this interview in my car. And again, I do apologize for the sound on this episode. I am recording at Dr. Kane's Comics with my digital recorder. I'm not using my condenser mic. Um, And if you do want to listen to more podcasts that are more uh, regular, there are plenty to choose from. Uh, And I do have three new episodes coming up based on my travels to Santa Barbara for Girls Rock Santa Barbara a camp for female identifying musicians uh, who are seeking empowerment and just a way cool fun summer so those are coming up soon and I look forward to sharing them with you as always sparkle and destroy because that is what Eddie Izzard would want from all of us